Well, Dick, here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. And nobody can hang with my stuff. Uh, you know, I'm just a just a big, hairy American winning machine. You're talking to the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine right, jet flying, son of a gun. Welcome into the Victory Bells podcast. Gangsters, what's up, guys? Hey, guys. Oh, big golfs, huh? All right. On Red Raider Sports Radio. Well, see you later. And now, here's Will. Great cash, homie. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the latest edition of the Victory Bells podcast. Right here from the Hypnotic Donuts studios. Guys, if you're in DFW and you have not checked out our boys at Hypnotic Donuts, you very much need to do that. Uh, if you aren't over on their Instagram page on the reg and checking out what they've got going on this spring, I think you're probably uh, very much missing out. And uh, if you're not in the mood for donuts, I would tell you that Hypnotic Emporium is where you need to take a chance. And, and people say, okay, what's Hypnotic Emporium? Well, that's uh, a little bit of ice cream, a little bit of the... Uh, the uh, sweet tooth goods there on on the colder side there and uh, Matt, I know that uh, you 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 you'd like to dabble in the hypnotic donuts, correct? Yeah, we talked about the sweets, but they've got yeah. biscuits like the size of your face too, and they're pretty good. So yeah, I I mean I'm a fan of only been once, but I'll definitely go back and uh, you know I've never been to the Emporium, so now I'm interested. Maybe I, maybe I do that next time. Get a little ice cream as the weather heats up here; it gets a little warmer, but. All I can think of now that you said uh, the thing about the biscuits, it's like my my brain goes to face biscuit, and I I mean I I don't I don't know if uh, I mean I'm not joking. We were we were all sharing a little bit because we wanted to order everything. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, and yeah, so uh, so we ordered a biscuit, and I was like, man, maybe we should have gotten two, and then it showed up. I was like, no, no, I think we're good. You think you're like I think we're all right. We're good. We're golden. So. All right, well, uh, like I said, guys, go check them out in Dallas uh, and Denton. Uh, the Emporium is also in Dallas, right next to the good old original location. So, Matt, Claire, how are you, my friend? I'm good, I man. Your name really couple... weird. I don't know why. That's okay. I don't. I mean, I've been called worse, or Matt it's been said Claire? worse. I've been good, man. Um, coaching a, uh, a three and four year olds t ball team. Um, uh, working and, uh, just being a dad. So, uh, that's is, it. Uh, and just, uh, I'm, I'm just crawling through the off season. Like the rest of you guys listen to this thing. Yes. 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 Uh, is grading a fourth grade, a little, a T-ball team. Is that about like, I mean, wrangling a bag of cats? Yeah, no, absolutely. It is. Uh, they, we, we have started doing practices over the past three weeks and on the field that we play on, it's all grass and it's just, you know, cause they're just kids. Right. Mm. Um, but then the field we practice on is an actual, you know, baseball field with dirt. So I'll look up and I'm at home plate, you know, putting the ball on the tee, you know, coaching them how to hit and I'll look up and my other coaches are out there like, no, no, stop playing in the dirt. No, yeah. no, don't dig a hole there. You know? So, uh, so yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's the kind of like three, like we're talking like barely three year olds and barely four year olds. So, so, so the attention uh, span is, is, Oh is, yeah. The nap. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. So you got parents on the field, you got kids crying. Uh, my trick that I may have, uh, alluded to this on the podcast before I keep a few Skittles in my pocket, uh, maybe a bag and, uh, or, or keep it in the bag. And, you know, maybe when the kids are, just kind of off in space. I'll be like, "Hey, come here, come here. Let's get in position. Check out the skittle." So, so it's they got not like riding dogs at this point. 
Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you having a good time though? Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, yeah. it's um the the last thing I'll say about it is, you know, we're I don't know if you play baseball, whatever sport, right? There's right. there's mechanics, there's technique to it. I mean, when a kid's three or four, you just got to let them get up there and let it rip. I mean, you may be able to say one thing that they listen to, but honestly, you know, I caught myself at first with my son. You got to do this. Oh, look at your feet here, blah, blah. And then I'm listening to myself There's talk like out loud, and he's probably looking at me like, you're crazy. What are you talking about? So, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, uh, I've tried to keep it simple. But, yeah, I mean, all the parents are like, well, what should we do? What should we do? I was like, well, I don't know. I don't have all the answers. I just I have a tee at home. I got a bunch of these baseballs. and Just let them just, swing. They come home, let it rip. Yeah, I think that's smart. I don't that early on. I do, I do, I do, man. And uh, speaking of letter rip transition, um, the coaches are uh, letting it rip out on the road as far as uh, getting after it on the recruiting trail. This is the football coaches. I mean, basketball coaches obviously as well, and uh, they're finishing up the 2018 class and getting it going too. But uh, I guess with football here, Matt, we've uh, we've entered another open period here this spring, kind of your big one here to finish out the spring. So. Uh, I guess what have your thoughts been so far here is some offers have gone out. There's, there's, there's some interest obviously with some guys and uh, where you kind of think things are at. Well, like I said, we've been, we've all been crawling through the off season and, and part of that's been, you know, the open contact periods coming. We're going to see some more offers. Well, I know we kept saying it and saying it now it's actually happening. Um, I didn't do enough homework to tell you how many new offers, but I would venture to guess we're almost at a, uh, one offer per day, uh, average here, at, at least, you know, maybe even two. Um, and, and for the fans listening at home, they are mostly on defense. So that's probably another plus. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm just gonna, my plan was just to go through a few yeah. of these, Will, That's and you know, obviously you've seen them posted, you've seen some of the interviews so far. I don't know if you've seen tape, um, but like I said, a little heavier on the defensive side of the ball, uh, especially looking, you know, whenever you have new coaches, I think coach Jennings and coach Dewhurst have been mentioned a lot lately. And so, you know, we're starting to learn about their styles. We're starting to learn about, you know, what they like. And, um, I'll start with college station. Defensive back Brandon Joseph, uh, he was he was offered last week and he talked to our team, uh, you know, seemed pretty excited. I think I saw him at Utah yeah, last yeah, night. Yep, yep. yep. So, uh, you know, another another offer in the defensive backfield. Um, another one was Katie Taylor. Uh, they went and offered Ben Montgomery, who, uh, you know, is also another interview we have up on the site. But the tidbit there with him is that he had actually committed last spring to Coach Jennings while he was at UH as a defensive backs coach. So there's a history there. And, you know, obviously he's going to try and take a visit this summer. I will tell you one thing about Ben Montgomery, and it's sort of a goof on myself. So there's two really highly rated uh, recruits here in Houston, uh, Jamal Morris and... I'm not gonna remember the other one, um, but anyway, they're they're both like rivals, two fifty four star guys. I think one's committed to OU and and one's uh, close to committing to A and M. Point being, as I walk up to Ben Montgomery at the rivals camp in Houston, I go, "Oh, hey Jamal, hey, sorry, good to catch up to you, blah blah." And he lets me talk for a second. He's smiling from ear to ear, and he's like, "Hey man, I'm Ben Montgomery," and I was like. Okay, well, time out. You know, you've gotten that before, right? I'm not the first reporter to say that. And he's like, no, no, I was laughing because it happens like way too much. Like they look alike. So yeah. where I'm getting at, it, he has that. Um, he just doesn't have a lot of hype. I'm working on getting more to his story. But this young man's gone through a lot over the past year. Um, I'll just leave it at that. You could probably go to his Twitter page and kind of see. But I think, you know, being out of that spotlight, uh, so to say, 
and not being focused on, you know, recruiting and all that, um, you know, it may have may have elevated some of these other kids. But what I'm saying is they're built the same way, height, weight, you know, ability. Yeah. Um, so I think if, if Tech could get in on Ben Montgomery, I mean, I think that would be a really good prospect. Uh, the next one, I, let me see. Oh, I see, I see. Sorry, I'm going off this uh, recruiting thread that that we've posted here. Um, The other one went out recently. This is a young man from East Texas. We have him listed as an athlete, but he's from Pittsburgh High School. It's Keontae Burns. And so, you know, he's got a pretty impressive offer list already. He's 6'3", 190. So I would imagine, you know, we need to – this just happened last night but or yesterday afternoon. But we need to get with him and we need to talk to him a little bit about – you know what the coaches said who was there because it could mean that they want him to be on defense could mean offense so and i would guess I, either a receiver or a lot or a safety is probably what i would yeah, guess I, i'm leaning towards receiver just based on you know tape and and what i've heard but i mean arkansas is involved missouri baylor i mean a lot of programs are getting in on him and uh he could be a, a real deal i know in the month of may there's a couple of camps in east texas so a lot of these kids aren't as responsive as your Dallas and your Houston kids, yeah. so I'm hoping I can get out there and, and maybe meet uh, meet those guys then. Um, the one that just went out this morning is uh, Alex Hogan, another defensive back from Houston, Houston Lamar, where they crank out defensive backs. So this could be a good eval and, and maybe even a good uh, relationship that Jennings brings to the table because Thaddeus Regans is the DB coach at Lamar. And, I mean, I could go list them off, but Lamar's been putting D1 uh, defensive backs, you know, out every year. I mean, I could go back probably five or six years and, you know, Texas, A&M, you name it. uh, They've they've got all the four star guys that go there. So I, I, you know, don't know enough about Alex to tell you if he's that type of guy. Um, But I do know that tech is one of his first, you know, bigger offers here in the state of Texas. So, you know, that could mean something long term. Uh, they offered Marquez Caldwell last night. He's a longtime Oregon commit, but he's also here in the Houston area. So I think Coach Jennings, I mean, basically would, between him and Gibbs have taken their time and he sort of, you know, pointed out who he liked in the city of Houston and the area. So, um, you know, pretty heavy in the south and in the Houston area for Jennings so far. But, yeah. you know, like I said off the top, a, a lot more focus on the defensive side of the ball outside of the other offer that we had mentioned. Um, but really, you know, the old, old, excuse me, open contact period has been open for what? I don't know, eight days now. Yeah, about a week. So, yeah. So, by the time you listen to this, you know, maybe you know, two weeks. Uh, but, but like I said before, you know, pretty much averaging an offer a day, and and we'll see how that goes. Um, but again, mostly on the defensive side of the ball. So, I, I don't know. Like I mentioned off the top, I just kind of rattled off some of the newest offers. Um, any any anything that you maybe know about these recruits, or anything that caught your eye about whether. It's the size of the DBs or, you know, watching their tape, anything like that, Will? Um, I, I think it's just I, – I, maybe not that as much. I think well, let's, some of these other guys, I think, is what kind of sticks out maybe more to me. Um, like a guy like uh, DeMarco Foster who picked up an offer, I guess, last week. Wasn't that Correct. right? Running back yeah. out, out, of, out of Wichita Falls. And he, he's I – I guess for me, with those DBs, I think what, what really – and good lord, I'm just spraying all over the place with my thoughts. Let me kind of regather myself here mentally. No, okay. you're good because I was trying to. If I yeah. if I went back all through last week, it would have just been me talking for like ten minutes, and I don't think anybody wants that. No, uh, but you're good. Um, I guess maybe the interesting thing here to me is that the size isn't quite what we've seen before from some of these DBs, where it seems like you're a little bit more comfortable with the six foot or five eleven kind of guys here 
than they seem to have been here over the last couple years with, with Coach Gibbs. And maybe that's a Clay Jennings thing where he says, hey, I've seen this guy play coach. I know he can play. I know he can play for us kind of a deal. And I'm sure that, you know, Clay Jennings is, I mean, he's a two-decade coaching veteran. I mean, I mean, you know, Coach Gibbs is probably going to trust his evals, especially when you look at his track record of how many guys he's churned out that are in the NFL at this point, you know? So, I mean, I, I would guess that's something that sticks out. And I'm not saying that's a knock at all, the, the size. I'm just saying there's lots of guys that are around six foot, and in the past it's been kind of six one, six two. wouldn't you agree? I mean, yeah, typically. Um, but then again, I don't know. I, I don't put a whole ton of a lot of stock Stopping into that, that because yeah. I don't think, you know, um, I'm really bad at recognizing names today. Um, Quincy Addison. I mean, he wasn't some, you know, 6162 guy. John Davis, he wasn't some 6162 guy. I so, true. I mean, yeah, I think there's some mix in there. But, hey, you got a new DBs coach. And, and I wrote about it when he was hired. He's got a good history of developing these guys. So I, I don't. Right now, I don't too much look into the size, but you're right. It did seem for a while there that they would go after those longer, rangy DBs, and that's where we're thinking of uh, a Des Smith yep. and, and those types. Um, and and those guys are playing now. But you know, I would argue that I guess DeMar- um, yeah. I mean, you, you could argue that a guy like uh, Demarcus Fields is six foot, six foot one. He's not real big. Sure. I mean, I think you just need good hips, and and you need somebody that can play in this league. And uh, by by that, I mean. You know, the Big 12, I mean, it's uh, it's video game offense. It's not your normal, you know, NFL scheme sets. And you're going to give stuff quarters, up. You're going to run. You're going to give stuff up no, how, no, no matter how good of a DB you are in this league. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, again, not to make comparisons, but, I mean, Texas is bringing in these guys, and they're not like 6'2 beasts. You know, That's I mean, true. Anthony Cook's a five-star guy who is your typical – most most of your stud NFL guys aren't even that either. So I know that, that Gibbs mostly plays zone, uh, but right. I think that against some of – of these teams where you can create these if you can get some of these highly rated guys that, that do have great hips and can move quickly i mean how valuable is it to have to a field at full health to to go up against the team's you know best receiver and you know sure if you want to roll some coverage over the top of him that's fine but in the big 12 a lot of these offenses for if you boil it down they're still running some variation of an air raid or a, a spread offense some flight and so yeah, yeah yeah and so on most of those plays i mean correct me if i'm wrong those guys are either you know, they're trying to block or they're running a, a, a sprint right down the field, you know, and if, if fields can cover those guys pretty well and you can get some of these guys that can be pests and, and quicker, you know, I think that could be successful too. I don't, yeah. I don't know, but mostly uh, without, without talking that one into the dirt. I mean, I just think that's Jennings. That's just Jennings yeah, coming in and kind of putting his stamp on this thing. And, and that's, what's interesting to me, you know, as someone that follows recruiting is just, okay, you know, what are they doing with these new offers? Who are these guys? And, and, you know, uh, the, the, the other thing with Dewhurst too is, you know, some of these guys. We've always heard it too when when Gibbs came is that they want to interchange the DBs a lot, and so a lot of these guys can play corner, they can play safety. So I mean, I think that's an and interesting would, aspect to look at too. And I would tell you that that is a movement, not just at Tech. That is a movement in college football where guys that used to be big safeties are now all linebackers, and guys that used to be bigger corners are all now safeties and nickels. So sure. I think that, uh, and I've even heard Nick Saban talk about this. And I mean, I mean, he's one of the best. I mean, he was one of the best DB coaches in the NFL at one point. And I mean, that's what kind of I think with with Alabama, what they thrive turning out are our DBs. And those guys have even done that. They, they take corners and they turn them into nickels and safeties. They don't take just straight up safeties anymore. It's, it's just kind of what the positions have turned into with modern college football. But 
I think that's what sticks out to me. But I, I think just kind of going down this list of guys that picked up offers here in the last week or two, uh, again, a, a guy that I really just wanted to harp on was DeMarco Foster at Wichita Falls, Hershey out there. And I, I think that that is one that is really smart to get in on right now because he's one of these guys, I think, that playing out in a place like Wichita Falls, not very many people know about him. Dude had three 3,000 rushing yards last year. I mean, I don't care what level you play at in high school. If you're playing high school football in Texas and you ran for 3,000 yards, you're, you're, you're cooking with gas, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I think that, you know, it's interesting because, again, we're back to another new coach. We're talking about Clay McGuire. Yes. And we're talking about a position where, you know, at the end of the day, you're not necessarily stacked, right? I mean, no. you've got two incoming freshman this summer and you hope the best there but if you're a new coach and you're looking through your room you know you may have some high hopes for what uh daily on ward can do and you you might land this grad transfer from cal which we could get into um but, but at the end of the day deal. you know yeah. yeah but as a recruiter i mean your job is to just stack 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 and so um yeah i i like the new offers i like that and also it's it's you know really kind of paying it forward to kids that came out on their own dime and came to see what Texas yep, Tech yep, was all about, yep. um, which which he fits into that as well. So uh, I like the offer. Um, I, I like the production and, you know, seems like a pretty good kid. He's actually been blowing up a little bit lately. Texas Tech was his second offer, and I think now he's up to six offers. So in good for him. In the, yeah, in the last yep. like ten, five, eight, ten days. So, yeah, good for him. So, um, yeah, I, I think but that's the thing that's, that's the thing to take away right now, Matt, is they're offering a lot of DBs, and I think that, from what I've heard and, and what what these kids have told us and what uh, and, and what Brandon Josephs told me, he said that Tech, you know, they have six DBs leaving, so they're going to take a really big DB class. So I think that's why you're seeing just a big volume yes. of offers here. So you, you've got a bunch of guys that are graduating this year and next year from that group. Uh, I, I think especially you think about uh, Ja'Shawn Johnson, Octavius Morgan, Jalen Lane, uh, Vontae Dorsey. All those guys are gone after this year so you're you're yep. gonna lose quite a few of these guys and, and you're just gonna have to replace a lot of them well i think speaking of segues i think that's a good uh point for us to stop and talk about the new uh db offer from butler right. community college i think you talked with him yesterday will that's a that's a late 2018 edition yeah i uh, i i did talk to him yesterday and uh let me make sure i pronounce his name correctly uh, i think it's duon yeah duon low is I, I believe how you pronounce his name. Just wanted to make sure that that I did that right. But uh, he's a kid at Butler that, or it's Duran, not Duan. Duran, excuse me, good lord. Uh, but but Duran's a guy who's out at Butler, was teammates last year with uh, with Tony Jones and with Octavius Morgan. So there's some familiarity there. I think Tech was already aware of him. Uh, but yeah, well, what he is, he is 100% a late offer here as far as for the 2018 class. They want to take him. Essentially, as a replacement for Willie Sykes, is my understanding, uh, as a, as a two-year DB. I, I don't know that the expectation is here is that he's going to be a starter or anything, but I think he's a guy they think can play for him and, and can can be in the rotation in that secondary. So, uh, from what I've seen, I, I like what I see. Uh, he's physical. He gets after it. And, and again, like he told me, Octavius kind of taught him how to play DB because coming out of high school, he was actually a running back. And, oh, that's funny. And uh, played RB and made the transition as soon as he got to junior college to DB. So, uh, yeah, he's been doing it for two years. He's been doing it pretty well. And I think that uh, we'll see what happens with Tech. He, he's going to visit here, I think, whenever he finishes up his semester of, of school here in two weeks. And 
We'll, we'll find out what he does then, but but he is going to visit, and TCU, K-State are the other two schools to kind of watch out here for because I think they're sniffing around too. So that, that, that's something too I think everybody needs to realize or, or needs to think is that everybody is, keeps you know saying, why are we taking all these grad transfers? Why are we taking all these late JUCO additions? You're not the only school that's doing this. Every, no. school, every school has started doing this for the most part where – they stash away like two scholarships or two or three scholarships at the end of the cycle, or they find them from guys that left during the semester, and they say, "All right, I've got these scholarships, I've got these needs here, and we just need some 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 kind of cracks to fill here as far as our junior and senior classes." And I think that instead of just going soup, and actually, why I think this has happened is when in the past you could sign 28 or 30 guys in a class and it would be like all right cool no biggie we'll just move on as far as as far as signing freshmen and signing young guys but now you can't you can only sign 25 ever i'm pretty sure is is now the rule everywhere so it's it's a thing where i think to order in order to kind of replace those spots on your roster you kind of got to go the late addition route as far as 20 as far as like juco and, and grad transfers well, and like I said, you know, as we crawl through the offseason, one of the things that runs through my head is, you know, let's just go back to the 2014 class. Let's start, you know, putting together a, a, a weekly or every other day type of update that says, hey, here's what you signed. Here's who really showed up. Uh, you know, if we can reach back into the back of our brain or look at the roster, um, we'll try to find, you know, who these grad transfers were, or late additions were. Um, but I mean, it'll just go to show, uh, the point being is it'll just go to show the, that attrition is real and that that happens at every program. So, I mean, take that Cal, uh, grad transfer, yep. for example, you know, he comes now he's going to Texas, then he's going to LSU. I mean, everyone is trying to uh, is, is trying to add talent to their roster at all times. And that's just how you do it. I mean, it's almost, I think, uh, without opening that can of worms, you know, Jalen, Jalen Hurts' dad said it the best. He would be the biggest free agent in college football. That's what it is. And yeah. that's really what it is. You know what I mean? Uh, they get to, it was funny to me because uh, our OU guys do a great job on our OU Rivals site. Uh, Josh, one of the co-publishers, actually lives here in Houston. And, you know, I know that Tech added the the defensive tackle uh, transfer, but I was kind of joking with him that, you know, their their offensive lineman grad transfer was like, you know, that was like the story of the month, it seemed. Like he was, yeah, oh, he right. was meeting with Texas. He was meeting with Auburn. He was meeting with these people. He's meeting with Oklahoma, right? And then, you know, it's always like, hey, had a great lunch at Chipotle with Coach So-and-so. And I was like, <laughs> and it was just retweeted by everyone and their dog, you know. And, um, and it's free so, agency. That's exactly what that yeah. is, yeah. And, and so I was joking with Josh, and I was like, well, Tech landed the defensive tackle, and I didn't have to – I even had to go drive and have lunch with them. Uh, you know, <laughs> so <laughs> uh, it just – it's crazy, right? I even saw a uh, a defensive lineman – Grad transfer from Notre Dame had yep, committed to OU after uh, after their spring game, and then this week uh, decommitted and committed to Georgia, swearing that that was his final decision. And I thought, oh my gosh, you know? <laughs> no, and I, I yeah, I would, I would, I would, would freak out. And and the thing is, the the biggest difference too with this, like with the grad transfer market, and and obviously you've already picked up two here, and we can talk about them too a little bit in. Uh, Preston Gordon, who we've talked about a bunch, and then uh, Seth Collins from Oregon State. You, you've already added two, and you're trying to add another one. So, um, but but the interesting thing here too to me is that when you're recruiting those guys, they aren't 17; they're 22 and 23 years old. So I think the the process is really different, and I think that 
you know, those guys are, you know what I'm saying? I think, I think just yeah. when you talk to those guys, you can level no. with them a lot more. Well, I do. I do. I think if we're just playing, you know, the the both sides of the conversation, though, is that the odds for those guys to come in and be this transcendent player um, are very low. Everybody points to the grad transfer that leads, you know, so and so program to a, a great season and goes on to success. You know, but that's I mean, that's those are few and far between. Right. Um, You know, and and I think you mentioned we can talk about Seth Collins, uh, Oregon State transfer, going to come in as a wide receiver, uh, originally went there, played quarterback and, and, you know, had all of these trials and tribulations, health issues and fought through all of it and and played wide receiver. The end of the day, he's coming here to play wide receiver. Um, You know, I, I don't know enough about him to say emphatically that, oh, yes, he'll. Uh, make catches this season and impact this offense, you know, and, and I don't think either, you know, you do either. So I think it's a good sign that they're, you know, looking out there and they're trying to add guys, but I don't know. I mean, Oregon state and Texas tech are, are pretty similar programs in my eyes. They, they finish, you know, fifth to seventh in their league. They, uh, they don't, they don't recruit as well as the Oregon's or the Stanford's or the USC's and UCLA's in their conference. And, you know, they've had coaching turnover lately. So that's that's how I looked at that one. I just I don't want to put too much stock into it and I don't want to downplay it too much. But um, like we said, it's just this is where college football is. You know, guys, guys leave and they try to find somewhere to play for a year. Yeah. And and I mean, I can't blame a lot of these guys. I mean, it it makes sense to me that if you've had a good career or if, you know, things don't work out where you've got a coaching change or. Uh, you say, or, or like you're like, for example, you're at a place like rice, like, like a pressing Gordon or some of these guys. And you're like, you know what, for my last year, I really feel like I can increase, you know, my, you know, potential draft stock, which I think that's how a lot of these guys think about that. If they've had really good careers are, if I go to a bigger school, I'm on a bigger stage and I'm going to get more exposure. I think it's that whenever it's that way. And then I think when it's in the reverse order where there's guys that, that say I'm stuck on a depth chart and I don't know if I'm going to play a bunch or I just like I don't don't feel like I'm a good fit at a bigger school and you transfer to smaller schools. Uh, you know, it happens both ways in both directions nowadays. And I think a lot of these seniors is that once you get to your junior and senior year, if you're just not going to play much, I think they just look for new opportunities or, or if they need a bigger stage, you know, and they've done really well, they want a bigger opportunity. So I, I, I get it. I understand it 100%. And, uh, We'll see where things go with the grad transfer market. But uh, one more prospect, Matt, I know that we wanted to touch on. It's, it's kind of the, the, the talk of the week and, and the you know the water cooler chatter is uh, let's just kind of break where, down where things are at with uh, Jacob Zeno and, and, and just kind of get, uh, get into a little bit. And I guess first, Matt, obviously, he visited Tech here a couple weeks ago for the spring game. He's out at Baylor last week. Uh, I know he's got a couple officials he's going to take here, probably out to NC State and some other places. So, Matt, Matt, would you just kind of just kind of break all this down on, on where things are at with, with Jacob and, and how you think things are going so far? Well, I mean, I think things are going just according to everything he's always said. He's he's going to take his visits. He's he's doing what he's doing. I, I think the only the only thing in this equation is uh, reporters that want to grab headlines. That's all. I mean, I, I reported what I reported on my site, but essentially, you know, he went to the Baylor spring game and the guy had asked him uh, for his top five and just, he said Baylor tech, so on and so on. And so he, I guess, took him saying Baylor first as Baylor leads. And so, I mean, it's just a real like kindergarten move in terms of recruiting, uh, 
I don't know, skills. I don't know. It, uh, it baffles me. It happens to us in our network too. And then people rush and post it on our site. I mean, it is what it is, right? It's the, I mean, Twitter can be good for some things, but for a lot of things, it's just, uh, they, they don't, uh, it, What's there's the no what's depth the term? Or, there's no depth or research. It's just a it's just a headline grab or a or well a exactly or... yeah exactly and it always turns out to be just that it's just a flash in the pan type of thing. Uh, but no, what I what I'll say is that, um, and we're going to get into this right now. But um, you know, look at Texas Tech 2019 recruiting. I mean, Zeno is no different. Um, he's got a lot of big time offers. He's got a lot of offers still coming in. So just like any responsible recruit, he's taking his time. And he's going to, you know, he's going to go and and visit these places and he's going to do his thing. I'll tell you this. I would expect Texas A&M to offer here within the next, you know, couple of weeks. Um, I I know he's going to be at the opening in Dallas this weekend for the the regional. And then I also know that he's going to go to NC State for an official visit after that. Uh, He's told me he wants to visit Georgia Um, and, and both, you know, talking with him and just talking to you in general. I mean, if you're a recruit and your recruitment's open, you know, why wouldn't you not visit Georgia, right? I mean, yep. it doesn't make sense. But the national what I will, game last year. Yeah, but, 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 but I just want to leave it at that, right? I mean, the kid has been true to his word. He's taking his visits, and he's doing his thing. One thing I'll point out is there's one place he's visited much more than any of these other places, and it's Texas Tech. There's one coach that was there first thing in the morning when the open contact period was there, and that was Texas Tech. Now – are they perfect in, in what they're doing? No. You know, we've been very clear about what their tactic is. They're just telling him he's their number one and they're not doing anything with any other quarterbacks. I know that, you know, when you listen to this, you will have seen that Coach McGuire stopped by uh, San Angelo and mm-hmm. the, the program had tagged Maverick McIver. Well, okay, it's no secret they're they're interested in him. Um, but they and, haven't and that's yet. but that's due diligence of of, of counting your yeah. of counting your chickens and making sure you you know you keep in touch with that kid because you're supposed to. But on the whole, yeah. right right now, nothing has changed. No. Uh, but I think you know the one thing that that you know that and that could be a good thing for some people listening. But but the other thing that hasn't changed is that Cliff Kingsbury, whether the perception, whether you like it, whether this sounds negative or not, the perception is right now, you know, he's on the hot seat. Will he be there? If you're a 2019 recruit and you're still in high school, if I commit to this guy in this program, is that going to be my coach? And if you look at the recent history, you know, and you look around college football, odds tell you, well, I'm not sure. And so with that one seat of doubt and, and you're kidding yourself if other programs aren't nailing that yes. uh, in, into, you know, the, the, the head of a, a young recruit, whether it's, you know, or anyone else, you know, then you're, you're sorely mistaken. But if we just want to focus in on Texas Tech and Texas Tech alone, Will, the one thing that we wanted to talk about was I mean you look at this recruiting class 2019 and you have got two recruits Cameron Cantrell at wide receiver who is the younger brother of Dylan Cantrell been committed since last August then you have Stephen Parker the four-star outside linebacker who's originally from Lubbock called Texas Tech his dream offer but has since picked up a lot of offers next Friday he will be he will have been committed for one year so you've gone over eight months without even sniffing a commitment. Uh, you've had prospect. You've had coaches on the road for two to three open contact yeah, periods two now. Of them. Yeah, two. Of them. Uh, you've had coaching turnover. You've had this. You've had that. Um, but you've had junior days. You've had all these things. But you have no new commits in eight. 
eight months. So I think that's very much something to point out and talk about because new offers are great. These interviews are great. But at some point in time, like we talked about earlier, when you've got one to two new offers per day, a lot of these kids are saying the same things. A lot of these situations are the same until somebody actually visits sets up an official now that they can do that early or pulls the trigger. You know, you don't even really see, you know, and, and, and I feel pretty strongly in saying this, you don't really even see tech mentioned in like a top five or a top 10 right now. Nope, so, you know, it, it, when I say it is what it is, that's what I mean by that. Um, there's nothing that Will and I can say to make that any better or change anything yeah. about that conversation. So when, when, when we get to a point of saying it is what it is, <laughs> that's where we're at right um and so yeah, i'll leave and, it at and, that i'll no, leave it at that but yeah. but uh, i wanted to get your thoughts on it and then yeah. kind of maybe look around the big 12 to see you know what what other folks are doing right right so when i when i look at it and i sit down and think about it and, and admittedly i got a question yesterday about you know i, I was doing a live chat on i guess on wednesday and i, I got a question about this said hey will what's the you know latest on football recruiting is there you know, is is there any movement? Do you have any like updates on any movement or any guys that might be in your pulling the trigger? And can people keep asking, you know, who's the next guy to pull the trigger? Who's the next guy to commit? And you know, I, I, I would say at any point in a cycle, in general, unless you're full up or you're super early on in the in a cycle, usually you have like two or three guys you can circle and you can say, wouldn't surprise me if this guy pulled the trigger soon. You know, wouldn't you agree, Matt? There's there's always a couple guys like that. Uh, yeah, no, but, I would. I would agree, but but it's hard to say, really. I mean, they could pull the trigger at any time, but right they now could, we're in the right. open contact period. So if I allow myself to get inside of the mind of a kid right now, okay, you know, let's just – let's be honest. It's it's not even May. May is next week, okay? It's still April, the, yeah. The, it's still the open contact period. If you have a uh, – if you have an offer from Texas Tech and nothing much has really changed between – you know, the junior day that you visited or when you got the offer, whether that was in January, February recently, why would you not like kind of just wait it out, see who, what programs offer in the spring? Because what if you commit to Texas Tech today and you're not fully committed? Right. And that goes for both the player and the coaches. Right. They can't just take every commitment that they that is thrown out there. No. So, I mean, I, I see it both ways. But but, yeah, if I was a kid, I mean, I would wait. I would wait till the summer. And a lot of these kids wait till before their senior season. But these days when you can just decommit at the drop of a hat, I, I, too, I also kind of give the coaches uh, a little bit of accountability on that end to just make sure they don't just take any commitment, right? And that could yeah. be a real slippery slope. Um, but that has to be part of the conversation. No, it, it is part of the conversation. I, I agree with you. I, I just think that there, there's always a guy and, and there's always guys you offer in any point in a cycle that you offer them in. That day or a week later, they pull the trigger because they're like, I like you guys. I'm going to pull the trigger, and I'm going to go ahead and do that. And you really haven't had that outside of Cameron Cantrell last last year. Um, in the spring, like I said, by by my estimation, like I said, I've done this for eight years, so I've, I've seen every shape and color of, this rec- of how a recruiting cycle can look. And you almost always have a guy or two in the spring that pull the trigger, whether you're expecting them or not. And we just haven't had any of that. And you're in on a lot of these guys, don't get me wrong, and I think maybe that's the encouraging thing is you are in on a lot of guys. I mean, you talk about uh, some of these recent offers. I think some of these offensive line offers you feel good about, I think you feel good about 
you know, Taylor Materico. Probably feel good about Brandon Joseph, even though that's a new offer. Uh, Preston Wilson's an offensive lineman, I would say, feel pretty good about. Langston Anderson, receiver, you feel pretty good about. Uh, you just kind of go up and down here. I, Trevor Stange, another offensive lineman, I think you feel pretty solid about. Jacob Zeno, quarterback that you, you think you feel good about. Right. So there's guys that, you know, I think that you're in the mix for. You know, another one, Jaden Jernigan. So there's guys on the list that you say, you circle and you say, yeah, I feel good about them. But, but it's just, you just haven't had anybody pull the trigger yet for whatever reason. Yeah. So, uh, okay. Well, here's what I'll say okay. is that. Is that I agree with everything you just said, and it's hard to really. I mean, I hope this doesn't sound like we're trying to ride the fence, but if I were a subscriber listening to this podcast, or if I were a subscriber that read all of our work, that's where I'm coming from here. We had Midland, we had uh, Frisco, we had Lubbock, and those are all seem like three weeks ago, maybe, and yeah. no no commitments. So um, that's surprising to me. And me, maybe that's just me. And, and, you know, it's almost like we talk about Seth Collins, but like I mentioned, you know, people are just kind of predetermined that, oh, okay, grad transfer, you know, we'll see when we see, right? It's not the same as a high school senior that chooses your program and all that. I mean, it is the same, but it's, it's a slightly different, it's right? Different, yeah. uh, and, and so I think that's where the fans are coming from in a sense is to say, um, you know, we, we just wanted to see, a oh, you're, you're off schedule basically for for what the for what the norm is. Wouldn't you say exactly. what that is? Yeah. So yeah. Um, I I don't know what's going to happen here uh, this summer or or the, these next couple months because I mean you think back to a couple of recruiting recruiting cycles ago where we were in a similar situation where you had like three or four kids committed if y'all remember I think for that uh, 2016 class and we're all sitting here going well what the hell's going on. And then all of a sudden yeah. you get you get Jet Duffy, you get Houston Miller, you get Kevin Moore, you get all or I guess Kevin Moore was later on, but I mean you had a big flurry of commitments that summer. You know, Noah Jones, all of these guys within a matter of like two weeks, you picked up what well, wasn't like ten guys in two weeks or like twelve guys in two weeks, if I remember right, at that one point. Yeah, no, you did, and that's what I was gonna say is last year I think it was nineteen commitments before the season even started. Yep. So we're at like polar opposite ends of the world right now, you know, uh, with only two commitments and, and zero in the past eight months. So we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's all I can say is we'll see because, um, uh, you don't know who's going to pull the trigger. You don't know how many you might have, uh, in the month of, uh, August. Right. Okay. Well, that's a good segue for us to just really kind of look at the big 12 in general and do a quick review on recruiting and quick, I mean, quick, right. Um, there's 10 teams. Tech is currently at tied for seventh with Oklahoma state. Both have two commitments. Uh, same thing, you know, right below them is Kansas state and Kansas one Kansas has one commit. Kansas state has two. Uh, you move up from there, you know, Baylor has four commits. West Virginia has five. Iowa state has seven. Texas has four. TCU has eight. Oklahoma has 11. Obviously, they just uh, were playing in the college football playoff. They are absolutely rolling right now. Um, if, if Oklahoma continues doing what they're doing, they are, they're building a national championship roster. I mean, they're they getting, they're getting the guys out. from yeah. all over. Um, but one thing I wanted to point out is when I look at this, I say, okay, well, not bad, but not where you want to be. But I said, okay, well, well, how many offers does Texas Tech have out? Okay, and I know we mentioned it's been increasing, but right now on listed offers, it's at about 85. Mm -hmm. Okay, you look at Baylor, 128. You look at TCU, 118. You look at Oklahoma, 
again, 138. So, I mean, from a recruiting standpoint, you know, I know everyone has their different philosophies, but right now, you know, with where you are as a program compared to maybe some of these programs, I don't know if you can afford to be as picky. And I don't know if you cannot afford to be picky either. Um, but but it just depends on how you look at that. Uh, but I, I think they have to get these offers out earlier. I think that, you know, it's okay to offer the kids that everyone and their mom is going to offer. But once you get the vibe that they're not really feeling you, you need to move, you move on. Move on, yeah. That next guy. Because then – what if what if Oklahoma State offers him before you do? What if Iowa State offers him before you do? I don't know. I mean, that, maybe that's a bad example. What if TCU offers him way before you do, right? So you're, you, I think that you miss out on opportunities to really capture that attention, to get that early commitment, and to build that bond. Um, and, and that's what I see when I just look around the Big 12 from an offer standpoint. Because even, oh, yeah, even out of these 85 offers, there's some of these kids that are not only committed to other schools – but quite frankly, you know, I know why you offer them, but they're not considering tech anymore. So I would whittle this down to, yeah, I, I would whittle this down to, you know, 60 maybe, right? Yeah. So um, you got to kind of look at that. And that's how the big boards work in a college football program. You got to look at that and you got to make your own moves because at the end of the day, you're responsible for who you recruit and who you land. So um, there's a couple of different ways to look at it, but but I don't know. you have anything to add to that, Will? Uh, just quickly, you know, I think that the, the biggest thing that jumps out to me is that you are a solid, roughly kind of average 40 offers below the Big 12 average. Wouldn't you say, Matt, about 40? Yeah. Yeah, so, and I understand that some of that is defensively you want to be picky, and that and that's fine. Um, and, and admittedly, they've been hitting on the guys they want, they want to hit on in the last couple classes, and they've done a really good job of that, but... I think in the position you're in, I, I think that, yeah, you just got to kind of get a little bit of let out, and there needs to be more offers here. I, I, I think plain and simple, you are just you just haven't offered enough guys, and there's not any way I can really expound on that or, or make it any, you know, you know, you know, polish that at all or change it. It's just you just got to offer more guys, and they're doing it, I guess, now. But it, it just seems to me, I think the thing I think that people want to know is that why are, you, why are you behind on a lot of these offers? Wouldn't you agree? I mean, that's yeah, you hit the nail on the head is is uh, if, even if it has to do with philosophy or um, this, that and the other, um, you should be able to through building a relationship, seeing who reciprocates the interests. I mean, I think you should be able to go on a little bit of a ledge every once in a while and, and make these offers. I mean, we see it every year. Will they take a commitment from a kid and then they decide either he's not good enough or it doesn't work out. So then if the shoe's on the other foot, why couldn't you then just offer some of these kids, get on them early? Because look, like it's not just us saying this on a podcast. Recruiting is happening earlier and earlier every single it's year. It's a fact. You know, and now so much so these kids can take official visits now in April and moving forward. So, you know, you're just kind of fooling yourself, I think, if you, um, you know, think that a kid views your offer the same. Because take uh, take Zeno, for example. Do you think just because A&M offers or just because an LSU offers that he'd be immediately interested? Nope. Maybe a fan would from a prestige standpoint. But no, as a quarterback, I mean – Zeno already has five or six S, uh, SEC and, offers. And wouldn't you sit there if you're Jacob Zeno and you'd say, okay, A&M, there's already all these other SEC offers. There's already all these other Big 12 offers. Why did all these off schools around you offer me, but you didn't until now? 
Exactly. So, I mean, it goes both ways. And, and so I think that that is uh, uh, something you look at. I mean, it's not like they didn't offer some of these kids before. Um, but for me, um, if, if, you know, if you've either a, if you've asked for a commitment and you haven't gotten one, that's one thing. And then if I were a coach, I'd say, okay, well, Hey, I understand. I respect that. Keep us in mind. We're very interested. But if you see me offering some other cornerbacks, it's because I'm trying to fill up my class. I'm trying to get yeah. some guys in the door. And I don't see anything wrong with that. I mean, that's that's no pressure. That's honesty. And I don't know that that's not happening, but that's just how I would approach that. And I would say, you know, I would I, you'd like to do that. But but I mean, outside of the quarterback or some key like, you know, positions, I don't think you can do that at defensive back. I mean, these kids are getting offers from all over the country. There's several other programs here in Texas. And when you're when you're late to the party, I mean, you really got to kind of bring something other big class this year you know yep no i mean i mean i would 100 agree with you and not really much else i can add to that conversation that you haven't already said matt i mean i i, I agree with all of that and so we'll, we'll see where things go and they may make make us both you know shut up and may may pick up a bunch of offers here in the next month and i'll say all right you did a good job good job good luck. Good luck. oh exactly yeah no yeah. historically there's either been uh may june july one of those months is going to be like a spike yeah. yeah and and i think what you see is kids get out of school and there's no more waking up every day and having the same routine um they either have a chance to take an official now that that's available or just take a bunch of unofficials during the spring and they sit down with their parents and say you know i want to make a decision before my senior season yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I agree with that too. Um, I'm just saying compared to previous years where yes. you had yes. 19 commitments before, you know, last year, you got to kind of look at all of it, uh, when, when sort of forming your opinion. Nope. You absolutely do, Matt. You're, you're exactly right. And, uh, we shall see what happens here in the month of May. Uh, you know, probably won't see anything on Jacob Zeno till June, but, uh, but again, you got a month now between now and June. So who knows what could happen, but Let's kind of flip this real quick here, Matt, and uh, just real shortly wanted to mention some NFL draft stuff so you're on the opposite end of this spectrum where guys have already been here and now they're leaving. So with Tech, Matt, I guess specifically, you got a couple guys here that are going to get drafted, I think, for sure, when you talk about Kiki QT and Dylan Cantrell. I think both those guys are, are going somewhere in the draft for you. And then you can make some debates. But, uh, yeah, Matt, just kind of your thoughts on, on, on this group of seniors and juniors you've got going into the draft and, and what your thoughts are. I mean, I think that it's a, a really good positive for Texas Tech to continually have some of these guys come up to the draft. I'm I'm excited to see what a Kiki Cootie can do uh, because I think very highly of him. And um, I think that uh, coming out early, you know, he must have gotten some indications that he was going to be, you know, drafted, you know, somewhat highly. Right. Um, because, you know, you never you're never promised. We just talked about Zach Smith, you know, on our last podcast. You yeah. never promised that uh draft grade next year if you will but everything that i've read uh projects him late third early fourth yeah um, that's, that's about right i think I've, the highest i've seen is like 66 or 67th overall from pro football focus uh, but they're not necessarily draft guys um so i don't know we'll see um but he'll he'll definitely be taken i'm excited to see what he can do and, and really the same for cantrell i mean i think he can be a solid possession guy just like he was for Texas Tech, I think the thing that is highly overlooked on a Cantrell is he's probably one of the better blocking wide receivers is, yeah. uh, that's going to be available. And, you know, that's that's going to become increasingly, you know, um, 
I don't know, more valuable in the NFL, in my opinion. But I think overall that, uh, you know, someone's going to get a very good player with him. And I think that, you know, it may be a depth thing for a couple of years. And who knows with injuries? I mean, I, he could see the field. But I, I haven't necessarily seen his projections. Maybe you have. Yeah, um, but fifth, I could fifth, see him getting fifth, ta- taken later. Yeah, okay. fifth, fifth okay. sixth round. is Fourth fourth on the higher end, sixth on the lower end, I kind of think, and is kind of the general thought. So somewhere in there probably is, is the thought on him. But yeah. uh, other, and, and those are the two guys that I think we know are going to get drafted. Outside of those two guys, uh, you know, Nick Shimanek, I think there's some chance for him in a seventh-round flyer or an undrafted free agent for sure. I think undrafted free agent for Cam Batson for sure. Uh, and then I think the, the, the interesting one to me here is going to be Mike Thomas, who – Again, I loved his senior year. I, I loved everything I saw. I think, I think he's a guy that may surprise some people and and may get a you know seventh round deal or a sixth round deal or something. But again, that's just kind of high hopes for me. But uh, yeah, I, I think Mike absolutely played himself into at least a roster spot here through through training camp with somebody. Wouldn't you agree, Matt? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that. I was very surprised, you know, uh, again, we talk about transfers and Juco guys and, and seeing how, you know, how it works out, if you will. Um, but I mean, I thought he had showed a high motor. I, I thought he always had his nose in the football. He was always making plays explosive so, off the snap. Yeah. Always, always explosive off the snap, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, 320 pounds, you know, up the middle. I mean, a lot of teams could do worse. So I really don't know about you know, draftability or, you know, where he's projected. But, you know, I do like uh, I do like him as a player. And I think, you know, I agree. I think he could surprise some people. But I do end up thinking, you know, we end up thinking that every year about a few guys and, and they end up doing the the whole free agency thing. So, I mean, I hope he can uh, I th- hope he can get drafted and fulfill yeah. his dreams either way. No, I, I, I do, too, Matt. Uh, and I guess lastly, one guy that I think that w- the the biggest surprise and like wouldn't so- totally shock me, but a guy I think everybody needs to watch out for if I hear as far as an undrafted free agent, and you might be surprised by it, is uh, I think a guy in Zach Barnes who is just a physical specimen of a kid that I, I think at this level you you try to play him as a defensive end, you try to play him as an outside linebacker, didn't really find a good fit for him, but at the NFL level, I think he's a guy that can play outside linebacker. I mean, his dad played played in the league i mean he's he's got good genes and just, just feel like he's a big kid man if you've ever been around him he looks the part 100 percent. so uh, yeah we'll see what happens but uh but he's another guy i'm interested in here, here though well how about from a recruiting standpoint for any recruits that listen to this um i mean i'm looking at a mock first round draft the latest greatest from this morning from mike mayock who's you know one of the best yeah i'm i'm going through and you're always going to see the 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 blue blood college programs no doubt but you know obviously you got a quarterback from wyoming okay and then you scroll down a little bit and you've got a defensive end from utsa a wide receiver from smu a uh a, an offensive lineman from utep Right. And so I, you know, the NFL is going to find you. And I think with Twitter and edits and all these things, I mean, I don't know if I've even told you this. I get more and more people DMing me saying, can I do edits for your athletes? I'm like, I'm a recruiting reporter. What are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. Like, you know, um, and so all these things, you know, everybody has it in their mind that they have to, you know, go to the large school, they have to win a national chain, they have to do this, they have to do that. And I get it. I really do. But look every year. 
and you have guys that I just listed four guys that don't even play power five football, but they're going to be a first round draft pick. So what's more important, you know, what, what's really more important? You know what I mean? Yep. No, so, I, I think these days that's the case, man. I think it doesn't matter where you play. If you can play, they're going to find you. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, you know, again, and if you translate that to Texas tech, you know, of course we're talking about wide receivers and quarterbacks, but it's not like that every year. If we have the same conversation next year, we're going to be talking about Octavius Morgan. We're going to be talking about Dakota Allen. You know, there's going to be some other guys that have legit NFL prospects and, and uh, I'm excited to do it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it was a good conversation. Well, we could probably talk NFL draft we till could. we're, uh, we yeah. till we're dead in the head. But, uh, I guess my last question on NFL draft is, you know, who do you, who do you think that the Cowboys take? God, man, I, it's such a weird deal because I think you, I think you've got a couple of positions in need. I think receiver is what everybody's talking about. You need a big receiver. I would say you also equally need a safety. You also equally need a defensive tackle. You also kind of need an offensive guard, as crazy as it is. So, I think of all those positions, you take best available and you move on in the first round, but. It would not surprise me, and of all the talk that's going on, if you saw a trade for Earl Thomas either, and I would be a okay with that if I'm being honest. Yeah, I don't have any thoughts. You know, uh, I don't. What are how? how uh, what's his contract like? Is it just one more year, two more I think years? It's like two more years, and he, and he, this is his, this is going to be his eighth season, I think, in the NFL. Okay, well, I mean, that's. Uh, I mean, you got to pay for the talent, but I don't. I don't see a ton of risk. I mean, any player can get injured, so that, I guess where I was going with that is I wouldn't be too upset or I wouldn't be too, you know, excited, right? I mean, it's yeah, uh, like, okay. Yeah, I mean that's, but it seems like when all the good teams have that thumper at safety, they have that guy, or they have somebody, you know, like Jalen Ramsey at corner. Um, so I think it could do some things, but yeah, I mean, he's, I think the downside is, is this injury history, but if he's back, he's feeling good, you know, then, then we'll see. But yeah, I mean, I I get like, I get like totally geeked for tonight and I can never explain it. I mean, uh, they got me hooked and, uh, I will be watching every second, you Um, know? Yeah. Last thought. Not on the weekends, but 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 on Thursday. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Uh, last thought, who do you think goes first, second? How about that? I think uh, I think everyone's saying Darnold is first, and then I like Barkley, Barkley or Chubb yeah. second. Yeah, I think that Barkley fits what they really need to do for the Giants. Uh, yeah, the Giants. Nope, I do too. I, I would agree one hundred percent with that. But uh, we'll find out what happens in the draft tonight, and we will see where things go in recruiting here over the next month or two. Thanks so much for listening, guys. This was the Victory Bells Podcast. I'm Will McKay. He's Matt Clare. And thanks so much for listening and hope you have a great weekend. See ya.